Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! I knew it was on, and I forgot all about it. Uh, and uh, thank God I got to it when I did. I saw, I don't know, about the last 20 minutes or so of Hard Knocks last night. Now, listen, I don't watch this show with regularity in the month of August anyway. It always worries me when uh, the team and or the league, you know, has complete editorial control over the content with HBO. Because then if that's the case, and that to a degree also works to Netflix's disadvantage with uh, some of the series they've done with the athletes, the golf with full swing, the tennis, and of course the break point, and then the latest disaster with the quarterback show, uh, because when the uh, when you give when you get all the access and if you're HBO in this case, they get it from the league and the Jets, when you get a lot of access uh, and they give you that, well then you're going to lose all your editorial ability to tell you a story that's going to interest somebody outside of the Joe Benignos of the world who eat, breathe, and sleep, and Jay Bears. You know who you are, Jay. Uh, Jet football. Uh, If you're in a situation where you want to learn a little something, dig a little behind the scenes and, you know, get below the surface, you know, that is not the place to go as far as your info is. Now, listen, I understand there are some advantages because you got mics up close. uh, You get a little one-on-one stuff. You can follow a particular player, and uh, you can obviously also at times, you know, go out there and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, be in on a, on a guy who gets cut, you know, those kinds of things, which is a little bit more interesting. And I guess in the early days of hard knocks with the specifically, you know, a team like the Bengals who seem to be on it every year right out of the gate, you seem to get a little of that. I know one year Joe Philbin with the, um, with the Packers, you got a little of it. Um, wherever that, though Joe didn't go to, wherever he went to go be a head coach, was it the Colts after Green Bay? Whatever it may have been, there are some examples of that. But, I mean, I try to watch the last 20 or so minutes of it last night, and I, I know it just did not resonate. Now, I, I will say, because they would spend all their time in Canton, you know, with the lights going off and everybody all pumped up on Kyle, on Zach Wilson's one throw and his biceps and, you know, uh, you know Rogers, the camera on him constantly, Salah. I mean, it just, it's a, to me, it got a little much, and I just can't, again, I don't learn that much. Uh, you know, I know there are some teams uh, that use Hard Knocks as a promotional vehicle, and then they can figure out a way to get something going. I know that coach sometimes become a star. Rex Ryan did. Dan Campbell, I guess, did a little bit last year with Detroit. I don't remember watching one of those either. And the one thing about Hard Knocks, if you do watch it, you can fall in love with the team, think they do no wrong, jump on board at the end of the month, and then realize the team stinks. Lions last year started one and six. Raiders one year, they did it with Gruden. Everybody thought the Raiders were on their way, and they couldn't get out of their own way once the season started. But so uh, last night, I'm not sure how much I can get out of it now I everybody told me and by the time I got to it I really couldn't quite tell but everybody told me that Rogers came across very very well I mean I wouldn't expect it anything different he's savvy he knows how to work the cameras he's had a wonderful off season he's jumped on everything that is New York including the 30 for 30 that they did on the old Mets the Gotham City Mets back in 86 whether it's Taylor Swift Ranger and Nick playoff games restructuring his contract offseason workouts I mean, you know, a mentor to Wilson. I mean, 
every, I'll be here three years. I mean, the whole nine yards. I mean, the guy's hit a home run. Now, let's see how that works when he throws his first couple of picks. But Rodgers has been just an ideal guy to deal with. And if you're a Jet fan, you're over the moon. And I guess if that's the case, that continued some last night. He came across real well from what they told me uh, in the first half hour of that show. But when you're going to leave Schreiber late, breaking down surfing scenarios in California, uh, you know, with Rodgers on the sideline and we get to see the great leave Schreiber. I mean, if they're doing that, I'm not too sure how good the show is because I'm not interested in surfing seal, surfing deals with Leave and uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers in that scenario. So Hard Knocks will live on. Uh, I'm sure they will do pretty well with the ratings. People will get excited by it. Uh, you know, you get a little inside feel, but you're not going to learn anything uh, because the Jets are not going to allow you to. You're not going to learn anything that is that relevant as far as the season is concerned. You know, you, you, they're just not going to allow you to put the cameras on when something specific or uh, interesting is really developing or evolving into a story. It's not going to happen. So if you want superficial stuff, uh, you want them showing that the lights are turned off in Canton because they had a power, power failure and Rodgers is, uh, you know, is on the bench talking about this might take three hours, well, that's all for you. Uh, knock him dead. Um, you know, if I get it, you know, it tells you where my mind was. I didn't even think too much of it before I remember. Oh, geez, hold on. Let me take a look at it. It involves the Jets before I put the thing on there uh, at eight uh, at uh, at about 1038. It was over at 1054. So uh, I guess there's five parts this year. I don't watch it during the season either. Uh, but that is uh, item number one today as I go through a little football. Item number two, the players did a player evaluation with uh, all sorts of players. And I'll give you the position that is most interesting. And this is why you can't pay too much attention to what players tell you. Uh, Because in their quarterback rankings for the upcoming season, they put Jalen Hurts 2 and they put Cousins 6 Rodgers 7, and Lamar Jackson all the way down at 10, which is behind Jared Goff. Now, listen, uh, let's start there first. Uh, you know, I, I have issues with Lamar. Uh, you know, I think sometimes he wants to run his way to a championship instead of throwing his way to a championship. And at times I do think Goff, you know, is somewhat mistreated by the football press. But, I mean, uh, uh, he did win, um, uh, you know, he did win an MVP. Lamar, I mean, when you win an MVP in the league and you go 14-2, and two, shouldn't you be ranked ahead of Jared Goff? Now, I know Goff went to a Super Bowl and won a great game in New Orleans in overtime, beat Breeze. I understand that. And uh, Lamar's only got one playoff win. I get that, too. And Goff's got more than that. But, boy, oh, boy, I thought that was a little rough that he somehow was ranked ahead of Lamar. Lamar was at 10. He was at 9. Prescott was at 8. And I wouldn't have put, if I was a player, no way I'm voting Prescott at 8. Prescott's not the eighth best quarterback in football. Not a chance. And they put him at number eight, which I did not understand. Somehow, uh, Rodgers was either seven or six. Uh, but regardless of that, Cousins was ranked ahead of him. They must have been drinking a Kool-Aid watching that quarterback show, too, with his man cave in Minnesota when Cousins didn't even discuss fourth and eight with the Giant game in the postseason last year when he threw a three-yard pass to Hawkinson at tight end. But how in the world could Rodgers, who's won a Super Bowl, I know he's 40, and I know there might be some jealousy there, but geez, you're going to rank him below Cousins? That's not fair. you got to game the win for your life. And I understand uh, Rodgers is coming off a eh, so-so year. You can't rank him behind Cousins. That's not fair. That, that's just simply not fair. And they did that. Uh, they put, uh, I, I guess Cousins was six, Rodgers was seven, uh, Prescott was eight. 
Uh, Goff was nine and uh, Jackson was ten. Five was Herbert. I can live with that. I would have put Rodgers four. They left him at that number at seven. Uh, the other issue I have is they put Hurts at two. And listen, I understand Hurts. Uh, you know, had a wonderful year. You could have made an argument him being the MVP. But I, I can I see more than one year before I'm going to put Jalen Hurts as the second best quarterback in football. Uh, one, of course, is Mahomes. Hurts was over Burrow and Jer- and Josh Allen, and that's simply not fair. I mean, Allen two years ago was the toast of the league after that wonderful performance in Arrowhead in the postseason, the game that McDermott screwed up with the onside, with the stupid kick, uh, the kickoff, and then of course the bad defense, and somehow they lost. Uh, you know, listen, Allen has been in some playoff games. He's, you know, he's won some games. I mean, you got to be ahead of, I would think, Hurts who obviously could have won a Super Bowl, but he's had the one year, and Burrow got to a Super Bowl too, and then played an AFC championship game on the road in Cincinnati. To me, that, I mean, I listen, I like Hurts as much as anybody, but if I'm doing this fairly, and I'm going to evaluate it going into the year, you got to put Mahomes one, take your pick, Burrow or Allen two, the other guy three. I think you got to put Rodgers four. I put Herbert five, and then I put Hurts six. You want to flip it and put Hurts, uh, you know, ahead of um, uh, 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 ahead of uh, uh, Herbert? I can live with that. I guess if you wanted to, I also would put Trevor Lawrence in my top 10 as well. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I know he only had the one season. He's only been around a couple years. But if I told you right now you got to gain the win for your life, you want Trevor Lawrence or you want Goff? You want Trevor Lawrence or you want Prescott? I don't want Trevor Lawrence. I'll take my chances with him after I saw that great comeback against the Chargers last year in the postseason. So from that, and he played well in Kansas City the following week. So the quarterback evaluations I do not understand, and Dak, of course, in that spot a little lot. Uh, I guess Washington and Rivera maybe spoke out of tune, uh, you know, when he mentioned the fact that some of the offensive players didn't like the aggressiveness of the enemy. He, the new offensive coordinator in D.C., Sam Howell, looks like might be his starting quarterback. Kid out of North Carolina, obviously the enemy sort of under the shadows. Uh, first, the quarterback coach who ended up with the Giants, Kafka, and then uh, Andy Reid. It's his offense. We all know that. Uh, you know, the enemy, whether he can't uh, interview properly, whether um, he just, I don't know, whatever it might be, his past. I, you know, the fact that he's a coordinator uh, with Reid there, who's an offensive guru. I don't know what it is, but he was not able to get a job. So he did the next best thing. And I think that next best thing, of course, was probably doing what he did uh, in running to a team that needs an offensive guru to work with the quarterback. That was a smart move that Biennemi did. He wasn't going anywhere working for uh, Andy in Kansas City. Go to a team where the coach is sort of an, is sort of an overseer and more defensive oriented than offensive oriented, which of course Rivera, despite going foot on fourth downs, is. And you go in there and it's a clean slate and you can see what you can do. So from that perspective, uh, Biennemi meant the right way. And if Washington's offensive players don't like Biennemi's enthusiasm, quote unquote, passion, live with it. It's not like they're the, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, the 83 version uh, with Theismann, you know, that played in back-to-back Super Bowls with Monk, Gary Clark, or Rippon in 93 with their offenses. I mean, so from that standpoint, Riggins and everything else. So if the enemy wants to get them all stirred up in D.C., God bless them. I don't going to pay too much attention to that. And then finally, uh, and this shows you the power of trainer. Um, I uh, was driving yesterday, and I got a couple of text messages from – a quarterback in the NFL, a former one, uh, uh, who uh, said, I was listening to Trainer, and uh, I was told that, uh, well, I heard you say that for whatever the reason, 
Uh, I, uh, you know, you can't get me on. And Mitch is accurate because I told Jimmy last week, amongst other things, that the one guy that I can never get for whatever the reason is this particular player. And then Trainer told me the guy that he couldn't get either, who we have had on. So to make a long story short, I got the text, uh, a couple of them, from the player that Trainer gets on, and he got the text from a guy who we've had on. So the Trainer get will be Charles Barkley, I think, who Jimmy said, you know, uh, reached out to Barkley, reached back, said, I love you, Jimmy. Love to do it. Let's set it up. So that's number one. And I got uh, two text messages from one, and we, we only get him on at the Super Bowl, and, I'll, and I'm going to take him up on it. He said, call me anytime. Glad to do it. Just set it up, and we'll lock it in. Troy Aikman made my day. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.